Welcome to Airbnb Hacks. Discussing the best tips and hacks to find and grow your short-term rentals. Here's your host, Yonatan Waxman. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, Fetch It fam? Uh, I'm your host, Yonatan Waxman. Tonight, I'm here with a very special guest, Drew Hittner. Drew, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? What's up, everybody? Um, first and foremost, I wanted to say, Yanni, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm glad I can spend some time with you. You're putting out some great content, some great educational format stuff for anybody that's looking to get into real estate. Um to give you the five second elevator pitch about me, I'm in loans. And what I would tell anybody that's interested in loans is don't roll the dice when it comes to picking a mortgage broker if they're not an Airbnb super host. So um, that's it, man. I'm a house hacker, Airbnb investor, and um, out-of-state investor. So a lot of things I can I can help you with, Yanni, um, and hopefully some of your fans as well, too. Yeah, that sounds like there's a lot of value to unpack there, and we're going to definitely get to it. But before we get all serious, you got to tell us a fun fact about you uh, that the audience maybe doesn't know. Oh, man, you're already starting to embarrass me. So, you know, well, I love making content about horror stories, so I'll just start with that, right? So everybody's very overly overly proud of their achievement. So I've been an underachiever. And so it took me six years to graduate community college with an associate's degree in general studies, which I would have found real estate before I wasted all that money in school. But uh, there's, there's, there's some humbling experience in there. I love that. I love that. And that, that should be inspiring for everybody because you went from six years to like absolutely crushing it. Um, I've known you for a little bit and it's kind of, I'm sure it would have been nice to see that transformation too. Um, I guess, tell us a little bit about your childhood, how you grew up and then how you think that connects to you being so passionate about real estate and loans specifically. I don't even know this, so I'd love to hear it uh, as well as everybody else. So I'm from the great state of Indiana and maybe the mean streets of Evansville, Indiana is what I've said. Most people don't know where that's at, but it's the third largest town in the state of Indiana, lived there for about 27 years. Um, currently live in Scottsdale um, right now, Scottsdale, Arizona. And you know, the reason I got into real estate was a little painful too, kind of like my uh, college career, right? So um, after my painful college career, I got into a painful corporate job, and <clears throat> where where things really started to change for me was when we had an acquisition acquisition with Zimmer Biomet. So I was, I was basically wearing scrubs every day, standing in the orthopedic rooms, selling total knee, hip joint replacements, also selling trauma. So rods, screws, plates, um, nails for like, you know, fractures. And one day my pay got cut like 30% because of an acquisition. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to make, uh, make it rain next month. I'm not going to be able to maybe even pay my rent and all my other liabilities that I have. I don't want to ask mom for help. I don't want to tap into my IRA. So let me just get on Google. And I looked up side gig and it was Airbnb or Uber. They weren't going to allow my truck on there. So I went Airbnb, told my girlfriend at the time, I'm staying with you and I'm going to sublease. That's what I called it then. I guess everybody calls it rental arbitrage now. Yep. yep. And dude, two weekends, I'm like, 
I think I just made money. I think not only did I break even, well, this is pretty interesting. Um, and at that point, man, it's just a slippery slope. I can keep going from there, but that was my first taste. It was because of pain. And then I just couldn't put my book, couldn't put the books down, couldn't put the podcast away, couldn't make enough friends like you in this industry to, to slow me down. And then I had, um, I had a, a life changing event to me that wasn't work related, um, that really led me to that action that I ended up taking too. That's, that's powerful. I didn't know that about you. I'll, I'll just, in just a couple of questions, this was like medical sales. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Got it. Got it. You know, I know a lot of people in there. Yeah. At the end of the day right now, it's January 19th peak recession. I just saw um, on my Bloomberg app that Microsoft let, let 10,000 people go. So I'm sure that this, uh, the pain of this recession will lead to a lot of amazing companies, just like it led to the, the, this painful professional experience led to your amazing, I would call it emergence. I would, I would describe it as. So um, maybe tell us, tell us about your, your jumping ahead a little bit. Tell us about your favorite deal you ever did. Could be your first deal. Maybe you want to talk about that, but maybe tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, I do a lot of real estate transactions because um, my bread and butter, my nine to five is to originate, fund, close, and facilitate mortgages for real estate investors, um, mm -hmm. specifically Airbnb investors. But if I'm going to talk about an individual deal that I did for myself, um, it'd just be the house hack, man. Um, it's training wheels for real estate. Anybody can do it in any area, in any county, in any city. There's there's only excuses that get in front of you. If you need better credit, you can repair it. If you need more down payment, you can source it, right? So there's a way to do it. I grew up in an area with a family and you know, my circle of friends, they didn't, not a lot of them owned real estate, not a lot of them owned their own businesses. And so whenever you come from that, everybody says no all the time, but everybody told me not to buy my first house, did it anyways, 3% down, paid 470 for it, moved in right away, house hacked it right away. And it was a detached guest house. Um, the bedroom count total, including the guest house was four with, with three bathrooms and had a roommate as well. So bought that house in 2018, still own it to this day, still never paid a mortgage payment and uh, just took some equity out of it and got a, and it's doubled the value at appraised for over 800,000. Um, so not only have I never made a mortgage payment on, I just put about $200,000 in the bank account that I don't have to pay any taxes on for my next, my next investment. So, so that's six years of community college would have never taught me that bro. But you know, I read a book, fell in love with the process. That's what I did. So for those people that don't want to read the book, just listen to Drew on this podcast because he's going to, he's breaking it down. It sounds like house hacking is the perfect myth buster around what people generally are told like, oh, you need a lot of money to get into real estate. But what you just proved is you don't need school and you don't need that much money to do it. Yeah, man. I mean, school, money, credit. Those are all kind of lame excuses. I think the real excuse is everybody's scared. You know, yeah. nobody wants to jump. And that's always been like, you know, it's know you're a genius. 
And me taking risks, me doing things like that has always been a, a genius zone of mine. So if I saw one person do it, I'm already assuming that I can do it just as good, maybe even better than what they did. And if they're the one that wrote the book, that's my challenge to me. So it's possible. You don't need a lot of smarts. You just need a basic spreadsheet or a pencil and a piece of paper and house hacking pencils out 100% of the time. So you don't even have to be good at math. Yeah. So since we're talking about uh, loans and we're talking about Airbnb, this is going a different route. Tell us a little bit about um, what a DSCR loan is and how you could maybe get a loan for a potential Airbnb property. Yeah, man. So DSCR, that's an acronym for the name of the loan. So that stands for debt service coverage ratio. <clears throat> but let's just skip all the bullshit, right? What it really means is cash flow loan. So the people that give you this money, the investors or lenders, they don't care about your entire lending portfolio. They don't care about all the other homes, all the other businesses, jobs that you and your wife and everybody that's on the loan that has. They don't care about that. Does the property you're buying or refinancing cash flow? If it does, it's a loan. That's what's beautiful. And you don't have to send them a whole bunch of documents. I tell people like, well, Drew, I still don't understand. I'm like, okay, well, understand this. Have you ever got a personal loan? They're like, yes. I was like, it's pretty much as easy as getting a personal loan plus a little bit of title work. That's that's amazing. So <laughs> DSCR loans are cash flow loans. And for anybody listen, listening and are interested in Airbnb, I would definitely take serious note of that. So another question that I have is tell us a little bit about um, some partnerships or some endeavors that you're working on that will change your business in this upcoming year. I know you're dealing with, you're dealing with loans, you're dealing with buying property, you're dealing with managing Airbnbs, but is there anything that you're really excited about coming up this yeah, man. year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for that question. I think what I'm most excited about is, is giving back to a community that's helped me in a tough time. Um, you know, one of the, one of the big changing moments for me, it was in 2018, um, right before I, I got in the loans, shortly after I got in the, I started shortly after I got my first Airbnb up and running, my co, you know, co-hosted unit or basically um, rental arbitrage unit, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, I believe the right term was rental arbitrage. I was diagnosed with an acoustic neuroma, which is a benign brain tumor, um, which is why I have 20% hearing loss on one side. And I found out about that after a car accident. So I just always thought like, I don't know, fuck it. I'm a dude. I'm probably just a wax builder, right? So that's normal. But after I was in a bad car accident, cat stand came back. And then, you know, a doctor called me like, dude, you got to get this checked out. And so I'm like, wow, I don't want to, I don't want this to affect my, the way I live life. So then I try to decide at that point that I want to live life on my terms. And the only way to do that is, to go down a successful path that other people um, can show me. And that's what a book did for me. You know, I started reading books. I could always give one of those books a shout out, but there was a lot of people that helped me. And then I found that community with the acoustic aroma. I mean, the Super Bowl winning quarterback last year, his wife had the same thing, right? So um, I'm not choosing to get surgery or anything at this time, but that was a life changing and pivotal time for me. So 
what I'm excited about this year is giving back to those people that helped me. There's some um, thought leaders and, and people in that group that that specific group that I, I can't wait to give back to them, go to their events, pay, pay it forward to that charity, so on and so forth. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, as far as a business partnership, man, same thing, thought leaders, you know, Rob built Rob Abasolo, me and him have conversed a ton. I can't thank him enough for supporting me the way that he did at his first inaugural host con um, just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know when this is going to air, but you know, in the early part of January, it was a great event. I was able to, to be a sponsor for him. It was very successful for us. I can't thank his fans and everybody that came by the booth. Um, we're getting ready to release a giveaway for an appraisal very, very soon. So can't wait to do that, man. But on the business side, you know, building foundational relationships like with Rob is it's what's very, very key and keeping an awesome culture here at the lending company is, is super important too. Yeah, that's Rob's the best. He's why we met at, at, through his host camp program, which has been life-changing for both of us. So shout out to Rob. He's in, in, incredible. Um, your story is very unique. It obviously has a lot of pain, but that pain has been like fuel for your growth. You're doing a lot of different things that a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't do. Um, could Could I just ask you, does that painful personal experience lead to you jumping into social media the way you have um, and also maybe tell people how, how they might follow you, what the best place to follow you is. But when I see your content, I could just tell the audience, you are not worried about what people think and you're going to, you're going to work. You're going to make people laugh and give them information and not care what, what people in your circle think as you're doing it. Yeah. I don't need any yes, men. You know, like what I would say is life's too short, man. I, I realized that whenever I was, when it was 20, 2018. Right. Um, so I just want to get my message out there. Hopefully it's relatable. Maybe there's a little satire behind it. Um, but life's too short, man. I feel like there's a lot of people that want to do things like create content, get into real estate, buy their first investment property. We are all creatures of analysis paralysis. And I didn't want to analysis paralysis myself to death. I chose to take action same way I took action in real estate, I purposely, with a mission, took action in social media. And right now, the goal is one and a half short films, um, short form type of media a day. Um, and that can I can toss in a story and stuff as as well. But a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work, man. It's another job. But what I found out very quickly, it's one of the, it's one of my favorite things to do. I get to spend a lot of good time. Um, with a really good friend of mine. And that's important, man. And like, I haven't shared all of my messages, but I got some good ones. Like, I, hopefully you, you can tune in and you guys can find me on Drew Do Loans on Instagram, the same thing on, on YouTube and, and Facebook and TikTok as well. Yeah, that that's awesome. Please definitely give give him a follow. That's, that's amazing. Do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, this is a new question. Do you want to talk a little bit about your portfolio now and some stories from your portfolio? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, I have six listings active right now. I sold all my long-term rentals last year. Um, and what I didn't sell, I converted in the short term. Um, just, you know, like you think long-term investing is the most safest, but man, I just never, you know, to be fucking honest, I could never find a property manager that I was rocking with, dude. It was, really? all, I'm like, why are you paying 
pest control for somebody. They need to be paying for that themselves. That's not in the covenants. That's not an ordinance. And dude, it's just nickel and dime stuff like that that added up. I'm like, I need to be in control of this. And I definitely can with a with a strong virtual assistant. So I've I've sold off some of my portfolio to reinvest it back into a couple another business. But um, you know, one I just like hearing the fucking horror stories, dude. No, so, no, no. So, to, to share, share away. I mean, you're 1031 ing you're, 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 you're pivoting. This is, these are things the audience needs to hear about from a very real authentic guy like yourself, Drew. Yeah. So my first real investment property was a quadplex in Indiana in my hometown. I thought it was the safest thing I could buy in about a two years time. The home couldn't have been more fucking ran down. Wow. Nothing but lies and deceit and over promising and when i go look at this thing i'm like dude there's raccoons in the fuck like i just i was embarrassed i just couldn't wait to get rid of it and i honestly felt bad for the people that were living in there but it's you know that's just like one of those things i fucked up i should have managed that a little bit better i should have managed my property managers better because at the same time i'm a 4.9 super host on airbnb you can't have those kind of goddamn problems there and that's just where I felt like I left people down. And I'm just like, I'm not going to let anybody else be in control of who stays at my houses. So that way I can guarantee that they're going to be left in a, in a good situation. But man, the house is bad. I mean, I didn't, there wasn't any foundation reports or issues on the, the first inspection, but there was whenever I got lit, rid of it on the last inspection, raccoons, I mean, plumbing, like feces issues and stuff in the basement, you name it, Yoni. I think there was a fucking sinkhole in the yard somewhere, bro not good I, but I, I that's crazy that's crazy yeah man i mean i never dude like evictions you know i mean this thing is a two percent property that pencils out really well and i couldn't figure i couldn't get i couldn't get cash flow ever i mean not annually i mean some months it would say it made money but as soon as an eviction rolled around i was fucked and that's and that's that's most people's story just to tell you also and the audience, I owned a duplex in Cleveland that had a fire in the basement that the inspection the inspector didn't catch or wasn't reported. And we found and we found out down the line. So I've 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 been in the long-term rental, I've had a long-term rental horror story. And I was on the short-term rental side, just a party. That's the, yeah. you know, you find out somebody threw a day day party on Friday at 11 a.m., which is very yeah, no, no football game. Yeah, I could go into another story there, but I'll let this is yeah, man. This is uh this is your horse. I'll let you ride it. <laughs> no, no, tell tell us tell us a fun tell us a, a funny Airbnb story. I think everybody wants to hear it. Uh man, I so her name was we'll just call her Daisy. And I don't know why I want to call her that. That's definitely not her name, but from the northeast, couldn't ask me. It was like one of those instant books. I just knew I was in fucking trouble. Just asking me all these questions. I'm like, man, if she rolls into the Taj Mahal, she's probably even that fucking place a one star. Right. And so that's my guest. She gets down there. I mean, dude, she is showing me chips on like the fifth bathroom counter that aren't even detectable by the eye. Right. I mean, it's crazy. Just, and every time she takes a photo, She's got her big yellow diamond shining through on the photo. I'm like, is she just, what's going on here? And then, dude, so it's just like, 
you know, you're just getting inundated with all these pointless requests and like, oh, this place sucks. Like they're just waiting for you to give them a discount. Don't budge on that host. Don't do it. Don't give anybody discounts. They're not no, worth it. You should yeah. talk about why you should talk about why you don't give discounts to, to your yeah. look, man. Everybody tries to figure out the polite way to say no. I just tell them as soon as anybody asks me for a discount, unless it like really touches my heart, which I don't think that's even happened once. I tell them a motel six would be a better fit for them. <laughs> that's good. That's straight good. up. Do you want to, do you want to talk about, do you want to get into reviews and your thoughts on reviews? And how so to let me it? talk about Daisy, right? Yeah. So yeah. not only is she getting on my nerves post checkout, right? She's Airbnb's calling me saying my guest is in a fist fight. She's so this is in a community in Florida where every house right next to each other is a short-term vacation rental. So Daisy's husband's out there getting dropped by the neighbor. So she's upset about that. Cops were called. Supposedly they issued a citation to her husband, but I never even knew about it until Airbnb called me because supposedly Daisy called Airbnb on the neighbors, right? To oh. say like, oh, they're breaking the rules or trespassing on our property. And so, man, I didn't even open that. Case. I never even talked to Daisy about it, but I knew that's what happened because Airbnb told me. And this but, is and how then I know, you know, know your neighbors, right? Know, know thyself, know thy neighbors, right? And so it's like, I started getting cam, you know, film, you know, footage basically from everybody's ring doorbells. I'm like, I'll be damned. You did get beat up, but. Oh, damn. Um, yeah. So it wasn't bad. It was dark. It was hard to see, but <clears throat> yeah, man. Ready for another one? That's good. <laughs> Lo love thy neighbor. I think that's the story. If you're going to get into the, it sounds like if you're going to get into the Airbnb game in any of these markets, um, you should, <laughs> you should definitely befriend the neighbor. Um, I, I just realized that we never asked you what different markets you're operating in. Is it one market? Is it multiple markets? Well, if I could do it all over again, it'd be one market, but, um, you know, cause each market's a new team, but, uh, Indiana, Florida, Arizona. How are they, how are they different? What do you, what are some of the things maybe you start with what you like about the markets you just said? Well, at the time they were all red markets, right? So it's, it's a little controversial, right? Yeah. But you know, I mean, the blue estates aren't very friendly to landlords, so yeah. it just is what it is. And so, you know, as soon as Arizona starts to shift tides, um, they start accidentally sending out $1,000 fines, the host that didn't break the rules, just little things like that, man. Um, so I look for landlord-friendly states. That way they're not um, infringing on my ability to be a, a small business owner. I, I completely agree. And since uh, COVID ended and all those small businesses were shut down, I think uh, people are ready for some truth. And a controversial opinion, quote unquote, is welcome here because we want people to learn how to better themselves and become financially independent. So... Is there anything else you feel the audience should know about you? Where can people book time with you, connect with you, do business with you? What are all the different platforms out there that people can can develop a relationship with Drew Hitner? Well, um, I just want to teach people in a relatable way, man. I'm the house hacker, Airbnb lender, and 
I, I've been doing it a while. I love talking about it. So me and my production coordinator, COO of my content creation, we're talking about doing a giveaway. So if I get the 2000 followers on Instagram, whoever is the 2000s follower, we're going to pay for their appraisal, right? For whatever endeavor that they end up getting, we're going to take care of them. Uh, but, you know, all the love, support, likes, comments, follows, all that stuff, just it goes really far. Um, I always thought that sounded silly, man. But, you know, I have mad respect for anybody's creating content right now. And those little things are fun because to be engaging, you know, a lot of people want to do it. But a lot of people don't do it. And so when you're out there, man, it's uh, it's not an army of creators like you would think. It's It can be lonely. So self-employed employment can be lonely. I'm as self-employed as they get. Content creation can be the same way, but it's uh, quickly become one of my most favorite ways to spread a message of a very purposeful and meaningful message, man. So if I can help out one person, that's my most fulfilling moment is whenever I see somebody have a light bulb moment, man. You're, you're definitely a giver. There's no question about it. So maybe because it's the, because it's the end of the podcast, just list one more time where people can follow you on on the different platforms that actual handles. So people go just search it in right now as they're listening. Maybe just say, spell it out one more time. Okay. So Drew, do loans. So not does, but D-R-E-W-D-O-L-O-A-N-S. Drew, do loans. Um, and that's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. Just DM me if you have any questions. And we're not hungry for loans. We just want to help people if they need it. And if we're not a great fit for you, we will definitely tell you that we operate off of a life of abundance here. And we are just happy to be in conversation with people that are doing the same thing that myself and all our, our lending team does as well. So everybody on the team has a uh, investment property. So we, we get it. We can help underwrite deals. We know the questions, concerns, roadblocks, even, um, and hurdles, um, very, very well. Um, we get better every day, but we had, uh, you know, the goalpost is forever moving when it comes to short-term vacation rentals. So we do our best to stay, stay on top of that too. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Very well said. I hope everybody that's listening follows Drew. I know him personally, and he's not only very talented, as you just heard, but he's also a man of high character. So it's definitely somebody you want to know and watch. I think he's going to, in a couple of years, be a very, very popular individual in public because he builds in public, and I respect that. So I just want to thank Drew for coming on the podcast. You're the man, and uh, we'll talk soon. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Airbnb Hacks. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and share with someone you know looking to get started in short-term rentals. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Yonatan Waxman. Until next time.